But the thought that I want to bring before you today is simply this, one touch away. I feel like this generation is just one touch away from experiencing the greatest move of God that we have ever experienced before in our lives. Just one touch away. But I believe that the generation that is coming even after us is dependent, desperately needs for this generation to touch God like we have never touched God before. Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read several passages of Scripture this morning, and then I have some things I want to share with you about this touch. The story begins in verse 21, that when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea, that is, the Sea of Galilee. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And this guy is really taking a risk by coming to Jesus because he is a religious Pharisee. And by him coming and expressing his trust and his dependence upon Jesus, it's a real risk for him to take. But he comes to Jesus, and the Bible tells us in verse 22 and verse 23 that when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter and I don't want you to forget that term my little daughter because I think in this passage of scripture that represents one generation she said he said my little daughter lies at the point of death come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live and Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him and then all of a sudden, as Jesus is going to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, there is a divine interruption. Because it says now in verse 25 that a certain woman, here's another generation, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Remember that number, 12 years. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather, she grew worse. But then she heard about Jesus. And she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And remember, we're talking today about one touch away. She touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately... The fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and, and, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace 
and be healed of your affliction. Now let's go back to the original story. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, that is Jairus, who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Have any of you ever felt like you came to Jesus with your request and then there was an interruption that caused a delay and it seemed like that delay cost you your miracle? Well, that's what it looks like here to Jairus. It looks like this delay has cost him his miracle, has cost him the life of his daughter because now the messenger comes and says that your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, and I'm sure he could see the effect on Jairus' face, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. There's no room for fear, only faith. And he permitted no one to follow him to Jairus' house except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping, indicating this is just a temporary condition. And then in verse 40, it says that they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, because in an atmosphere of miracles, there is no room for doubt. There is no room for fear in an atmosphere, in an environment of miracles. And they ridiculed him, but when he had put them outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kamai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. I think God is speaking to this next generation and he's saying to them, arise, arise. And then in verse 42, it says, Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. Remember, I told you to remember that number, 12 years. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given to this child to eat. Talking this morning about one touch away because when I look at this passage of Scripture it reminds me that God is a God of order I don't think that anything we read in the Word of God any scripture that we read I don't think that any of it is there by coincidence I believe it's there by the divine providence of the Holy Spirit and that God is a God of order and I see a few things in this passage of Scripture that I just want to bring to your attention before we talk about the touch that this woman had upon the life of Jesus. And one thing that I want us to notice is that in this passage of Scripture, there are two generations represented. And then the Bible tells us what the condition of those generations are. It says that one of those generations is sick, bleeding, and weak. And that another generation, the younger generation, is at the point of death. And we even see that before the story is over that the little girl has died. So we see two generations, an older generation 
as well as a younger generation. And I think that what this passage of Scripture shows us that we could imply is that the condition of one generation affects the condition of the next generation. And that you and I need to be aware of that, that if our generation is sick, then it's going to cause sickness in the next generation and perhaps even death in the next generation. That's why we desperately need to touch God this morning. It's for the sake of generations that will even come after us. And what I see in this passage of Scripture here this morning is this. And that is when one generation reaches out and touches Jesus, that Jesus proceeds to touch the next generation. And I think it's important this morning that we recognize what kind of touch this was that this woman that represents this present generation had upon Jesus. The first thing that I want you to notice about her touch is this, and that is it was an unlawful touch. Listen to what the scripture says. It says that now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. You say, well, what's unlawful about that? Well, because she had a flow of blood, it made her unclean. She wasn't supposed to be out in public without publicly declaring to those that she was coming in contact with that she was unclean. And she knew that if she were to touch Jesus in her present condition, that it would cause Jesus to be unclean because anybody that she touched in her present condition became unclean. But here's what I see about this woman's touch. She did not allow religion, and she did not allow rules, and she did not allow her fear to keep her from touching Jesus. And the touch that she thought was going to cause Jesus to be unclean Instead, Jesus made her clean. It was an unlawful touch. And here's what I believe that God is calling this generation to. God is calling this generation. You see, we've got to understand that in order for this touch to be activated, a few things are going to have to happen. Number one, we've got to break out of some things. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to break out of some things. We've got to break out of some religion. We've got to break out of some rules. We've got to break out of some fear. We've got to break out of our spiritual apathy. We've got to break out of our lukewarmness. We've got to break out of our sickness. We've got to break out of our hurt. We've got to break out of our bitterness. We've got to break out of our resentment. We've got to break out of our grudges. Amen? In order for this touch to be activated we've got to break out of some things we've got to walk away from some things we've got to get out of our comfort zone but not only should we break out if this touch is going to be activated the, th the second thing that we've got to do is we've got to break in and what is it that we've got to break into we've got to break into the presence of the Lord because it's in the presence of the Lord that we find the power of God it's in the presence of the Lord that we find the miracles of God 
And I believe that what this generation needs to pass on to the next generation is that we still serve a God that when we are in his presence, we can experience the miraculous, that we can experience the impossible, that God can still save and God can still heal and God can still deliver. Is there anybody in this room here this morning that still believes those things about our living God? Amen. Because it's only when we break out and we break into the presence of the Lord that we are going to break through. Amen? And how many of you know that sometimes we have to go through in order to get to? Is there anybody in this room here this morning that has had to go through some things in your life? I can tell. Listen, I can tell who's been through some things in this life because I believe that people's level of praise is directly attached to what they've been through in life. And those that have been through some things that God has brought them out of, their praise is big. Their praise is huge. Amen. If somebody here this morning has been brought out of some things by the hand of God, would you just give God some praise in this room this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're going to touch God this morning. We're going to touch heaven this morning. And nothing touches heaven like our praise. Nothing touches heaven like our worship. Come on, let's just take a praise break right here for just a minute. Let's just thank God for what he's brought us out of. Let's thank God for what he's broke us out of. Hallelujah. And what he's broken off of our lives. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. It was an unlawful touch. She decided, I don't care what religion says. I don't care what the rules say. I, I'm not going to allow my fear to hold me back. I've got to touch Jesus. And it was an unlawful touch. And God wants us to get to that place to where we don't let religion stand in our way. And we don't let rules stand in our way. We don't let fear keep us from coming to Jesus. Because some of you think, I can't come to Jesus because I too, I am unclean. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, that God says that God demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You may come to him unclean, but I'm telling you, when you touch the hem of his garment, when you touch Jesus, he's going to turn right around and he's going to make you clean. He's going to make you Worthy. Don't wait until you're clean to come to Jesus. Come to him as you are, and he'll clean you up. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. It was an unlawful touch, but not only was it an unlawful touch, it was also a desperate touch. This woman was desperate. Listen to what the scripture says. It said she had suffered many things. There's some of you here in this room today. You know that. To be true, you've suffered many things in your own life. But it said she had suffered many things from many physicians. You see, this is what we tend to do in our desperation. We tend to reach for things that we think is the answer to our situation. Only to be found that we're not getting better, we're actually getting worse. And that's what this woman does. She suffered many things from many physicians now there's absolutely nothing wrong with going to the doctor if you are sick that's not what this passage of scripture is saying it's just simply saying that in this woman's condition the doctor had no clue the doctor had no cure and the bible said that she tried everything they told her to try 
She tried every prescription. She tried every home remedy. She tried every piece of medicine that they gave her. She, she even did things that, uh, that were somewhat even abusive and detrimental to her health, trying to find some kind of relief and healing. And it said that she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had. And is that not typical of this generation? We have exhausted our resources trying to find the answer to our problems, trying to find the answer to what is it that causes us to be healed? What is it that can bring about wholeness in our lives? And that's what this woman is doing. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, exhausted her resources, and she's doing this out of desperation. But notice it said, but she was no better She only grew worse. And when she came to Jesus, she was saying, I can't put up with this kind of life any longer. I can't deal with this kind of sickness any longer. I can't deal with this kind of weakness any longer. Matter of fact, if life is going to continue like this, I would rather for my life to just end right now. Now, she came to Jesus out of desperation. And can I tell you, that's the kind of touch that Jesus is wanting to receive from us this morning. He wants it to be a touch of desperation. And there's some of you in this room here today, you've tried everything. You've been everywhere. You've experimented with everything. But instead of getting better, you've gotten worse. But I believe there's somebody in this room here today. You came today out of desperation because you know that Jesus is the only answer that Jesus is the only one who can do what you need done in your life and I do know this I do know that Jesus is the only one that can bring the healing to this generation that this generation needs I do know that Jesus is the only one that can send the revival that this generation needs to experience I believe that with all of my heart and if we will in our desperation cry out to him he will answer us Amen. It was a desperate touch. But here's a third thing. It was a purposeful touch. A purposeful touch. Because notice what the Bible says. It said, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now you've got to understand, he's got hundreds, maybe thousands of people pressing in on him. And that's why the disciples said, but Jesus, you see the multitude thronging you. And you say, but who touched me? And Jesus looks at him and says, no, you got to understand. There's something different about this touch. Yeah, yeah, there's others who are inadvertently touching me as I walk through this crowd. There, there are others who are kind of bumping into me. There, there are others who might be just brushing up against me. There are others who might just want my autograph. Or something of that nature. There's others that might just want to take a look at me and see what this man Jesus looks at. But he said, I'm telling you that somebody in this crowd of people has reached out and touched me. And it is a completely different touch than anybody else has reached out and placed upon me. And it was a touch with purpose. 
And let me ask you this morning, when we come into the house of the Lord, when we come into the presence of the Lord, whether it be here or wherever it is that you may be, do you just hope to bump into the Lord? Do you just hope to brush against him? Do you just hope to hear something about him, get a good little look at him? No, I believe that when we come into the presence of the Lord, we need to come into the presence of God with purpose. And we've come into the presence of God with the purpose of encountering God, of experiencing God, of seeing God move in our circumstances and seeing God move in our situation. And this woman reached out with a purposeful touch and took hold of the hem of his garment. But not only was it a purposeful touch and a desperate touch and an unlawful touch, it was a faith-filled touch. A faith-filled touch. That's the only way to touch Jesus. Faith always requires action. And that's what this woman did, man. She didn't just say, if I could, but she did. She put action with her words. And the Bible tells us in verses 27 and 28 that when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That sounds like faith talking to me. Amen. How many of you, when you walked into this room here today, said, if I can just get hold of Jesus, if I can just touch Jesus this morning, I know I can be healed. I know I can be saved. I know that I can be delivered. And that's what this woman does. She reaches out and she touches him. And that touch is a faith-filled touch. And verse 34 says that when Jesus felt that touch he said to her daughter your faith has made you well this generation needs faith activated and let me tell you what happens when faith is activated when when, when we have more when we say more than just what we believe but we act on what we believe because what happened with this woman is is when she stepped out and acted in faith it activated the power of God and how many of you know that faith still does that that faith still activates the power of God I know here in this kingdom money is the currency in this kingdom how do you do it Philip is that how you do it money is the currency currency in this kingdom but can I tell you in the kingdom of God it's not money that is currency that gets you the things that God has for you in the kingdom of God faith is your currency and if you want to receive anything from God you've got to walk in faith you've got to act in faith you've got to believe with faith you've got to come to God with expectancy and when you do it's going to activate the power of God which brings me to the fifth thing about her touch and that is that it was a powerful touch because listen to what happens Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him man her faith activated the power of God flowing out of Jesus and then the scripture says that immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and then Jesus confirmed it when he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction and when Jesus said be healed of your affliction he was talking about more 
than just her physical healing. She came for a physical healing, but she got more than she came looking for. Because not only did Jesus meet her physical need, the, 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 the correct translation is that your faith has made you whole. That's the better translation. And that word wholeness there means that Jesus did a spiritual work he did a physical work, and he also did a work in her soul, body, soul, and spirit. He touched her. And I believe the reason why he was able to do such a work in her life is because she came to him believing that he was more than just a healer, that he's also a savior, and he is a redeemer, and he is a deliverer, and he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody here this morning that believes that Jesus is more than just your savior, that he's more than just your redeemer he is also your healer he's your deliverer he is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost he is whatever you need him to be to you this morning come on give God a good praise in this house hallelujah it was an unlawful touch it was a desperate touch it was a purposeful touch it was a faith-filled touch it was a powerful touch can I tell you that's the kind of touch that God is looking for from this generation because I want you to notice that once that generation was made whole Jesus was then able to proceed to the house of Jairus and notice if you would that the Bible said that the woman with the issue of blood that she had had that issue of blood how long 12 years Jairus's daughter how old was she 12 in other words as long as she had been alive that generation had been sick and it was only when God when that generation that was sick and bleeding when they reached out when she reached out and touched Jesus and was made whole then Jesus was able to proceed to Jairus's house and he was able to heal the next generation. I believe that the healing of the next generation, I believe that the resurrection of the next generation, I mean, they've been labeled, they've been called all kinds of things. They've been called the 911 generation because of 9-11. They've been called the Facebook generation. They've been called the Instagram generation. They, they've been called the Twitter generation. They've been called the Snapchat generation. But here's what I believe this generation that's coming up is going to be remembered as. They're not going to be remembered as the 9-11 generation or as the Facebook or the Instagram or the Twitter but they're going to be remembered as a generation that was so touched by God that they were so transformed by the touch of the Lord that they were so transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that they turned their world upside up for the glory of God hallelujah that's what I believe <coughs> but as soon as Jesus made that woman whole what happened messengers came with bad news for Jairus they said Jairus too late your daughter is dead trouble not the master that's exactly what the enemy would like for us to believe about the next generation there's no hope no hope 
No hope of them living. No hope of them. They're even labeled, some, some label them as the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, because so many of them say that they have no religious affiliation in their life, that they don't really know what they believe. And so one generation, it seems, has lost hope in another generation. They're dead. But notice what Jesus says to Jairus. He said, Jairus, do not fear. Now listen, I'm talking to some mamas and daddies in here this morning. I'm telling you, mom and daddy, if you want God, if you want, if you want to be guaranteed, if you want to be assured that God is going to take care of your kids and your kids' kids, then you need to touch him. You need to get into his prayer. You need to do what I'm talking about here this morning because the greatest effect that will ever happen on your children's life and your children's children's life is when they see their mama and daddy really touch the Lord, really touch God, really get into the presence of the Lord. When mama and daddy says, I don't care what religion says and I don't care what rules say, I'm not going to let my fear hold me back. I'm desperate because I'm not going to let the enemy have my children. I'm not going to let my children end up in hell. I'm desperate. I'm going to reach out and touch Jesus because I know he's the answer. And not only a desperate touch, but it's a touch with purpose and it's a touch faith field and it's a touch of power. That's the kind of touch that God is looking for and that's the kind of touch that will cause God to give you the assurance that when you touch him he will take care of your children and your children's children do not fear do not fear but here's what he said only believe there's no room for fear only believe well I hope you enjoyed today's message and I want to give you a personal invitation to worship with us this Sunday at 1045 here at Summerton Church of God. God is doing some incredible things here, and we want you to be a part of that.